0: Good evening. Um, it's good to have some students back. I know, welcome guys, ladies and gents. Can you take maybe down a little bit, Brandon? Thanks, man. Um, we, I not know if anyone here f- who knew we finished worship a little early, <laughs> we do like to worship here. Um, I know that there's a, a communion service at Taylor, so, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done by 6.15, and then we, we're, gonna, we're still going to sing and pray and do our stuff, but if, if you need to leave, we, we're conscious of that. So. Um, of course, if the Holy Spirit smacks you, then stay where you are, um, as important as uh, that service is. Gosh. So, um, some of you here for the second time. Simeon, it's good to see you back. Uh, I've met one person here for the first time. Anyone else here for the first time? Anyone else? Yeah, we'll get more freshmen next week, I guess. Welcome. John, welcome. <laughs> um, hmm, okay, sorry. Sometimes after worship it just takes me a little while to um reconnect and um gosh, you know this there's, there's, there's times there's times when when um we preach and you know, we we preach from the st- this book, this word of God that is alive, and it's, and it's holy, um, and, I, and I just, I just sense the Lord, um, you know, in, in the series as we go through Acts, for those who weren't here last week, which was a few of you, so just a, like a quick highlight, um, last week we did Acts 1, okay, um, which I, I'm sure you've all read. Um, Jesus' last words on planet Earth, as it were. Um, <laughs> not his last words, of course, but you know, his last words to his disciples. Um, and so we're going to go into Acts 2. We're not, we're not going to go through you know, 3, 4, 5, 6, you know, as it goes, but we, we're going to jump around probably after Acts 4. We're going to move around a little bit um, as the Holy Spirit draws us into themes. Um, but there were three things that I said last week that I, I want us to remember, okay, for every sermon, whether I'm preaching it or someone else is preaching it, these three things for us to, do, to be questioning of ourselves, okay, um, and of, of um, the way that we, not just how we read this book, but how we relate to Jesus and the Spirit. And, and so the first is courtesy of Bill, um, or Prophet, you know, Professor Heth, to some of you, um, that, that, we, that we read acts like a ministry manual. Okay, this is how the early church started. This is how the church operated under the power of the Holy Spirit. That it's not just something that we read and then put away and say, well, that's a nice bunch of stories, but it's, it's actually normative for us. Okay, it's, it's Jesus saying, this is what I want you to do. This is how I've chosen to do things. Okay, so, so nothing that we read in this book is off limits to us. Right? If, it, if it was for the early church, it's for the late church, or wherever we are, okay? In, in, in God's plan, it's for us. Okay. The second thing um, you'll recognize as we go through this, um, and, and, and you know, especially today, that the disciples, um, these men, and, and obviously the women that were with him, they encounter something new. Okay. These are the men and women who've been taught by Jesus, had seen him minister, thought they knew everything about him, maybe, because people are like that. Right, and then the Holy Spirit arrives in power, and they have to learn how to do things in a new way. They learn a whole lot of new sets of things about God. Right, and, and we have to be willing. If, if those men who walked with Jesus had to change the way that they saw things, we might have to do that as well. Okay, and that goes, that goes for me. Like If I ever read this book and, I, and it doesn't change me, then I'm not teachable. And if I'm not teachable, I'm probably proud and arrogant. I'm pretty sure you know that God doesn't like those things. So let, let's be teachable. Let's be willing to let the Holy Spirit pull things off us. Okay, And there may even be things that people that we respect have taught us. And the Lord says, actually, that wasn't me. Because every person is human. Every person is fallible. All right, and then the third thing. Third thing is we look through Acts. That this book, this Acts of the Apostles, this Acts of the Holy Spirit, is a revelation of Christ. Okay, it is a revelation of Jesus. As Jesus flows through his disciples, as he flows and empowers and expands the church, this is the revelation of Jesus. Okay, and I'm going to read some John 14 again, just to remind us. Not John 15, okay? Give you guys a break, but John 14. Okay? We have to read Acts in the light of Jesus' promises. Okay? Not just what it says, but what Jesus said was going to happen. Because, funnily enough, it came true. Okay? So, as he prophesies, as his revelations come true, he is revealed in the operations of the apostles and others like them. Okay, so we're going to read Acts 2 in two different sections, Um, one short, one long. Okay, I'm going to put my glasses on today. I love my Bible and they don't make a large text version, so. All right, I'm going to read the first uh, 13 verses to start with. Let's just pray quickly. Lord, this, um, this is your word and it is alive. It is a sword. And it is life. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts and in our, in our minds and our spirits that is not truth, would you cut it off as we read your word? If there are places of dullness in us, would you shine your light? If there are places of bondage, would you bring freedom? Let your word speak to us tonight, Jesus. Amen. All right, so Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. So, you know, i do not sure what sort of Bibles you have. Maybe yours is like mine, and you have these, you know, commentaries underneath, and, you know, I've got pages here where there's like, Three lines of scripture and then like 40 lines of, of, of text. There's so much to say about this scripture. But let's um, turn back to John 14 before we, before we jump into this. Um, I mentioned last week, you know, Dr. Heth, you know, who studied New Testament, t- teaches people how to read Greek, you know, sends me pages and pages of things about Acts. I could literally be here for three hours and I would not finish everything that he sent me. You know, so I'm, I'm not going to try and draw out all the theological truths. By all means, take a class on Acts at Taylor. Okay? But I am going to say what I believe the Lord wanting, is wanting us to hear tonight. Okay? But let's go back to John 14, um, reading from verse 16. As I said, these are Jesus' words. This is his prophecy about the Holy Spirit. Okay, and Jesus says to his disciples, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Because Jesus is with them, The Spirit is with them. But there's going to be this graduation, this promotion. He will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Christ revealed. The outpouring of the Spirit, the giving of the advocate is the revelation of Jesus. It's the revelation that He is in us, that He is with us, that we are not alone. These are the words that are fulfilled at Pentecost. And these words, they should excite us more than probably anything else in all of Scripture. The patience, I've taught you a few times, I know that you are close to perfection. Okay. You know, you're a pretty good person. Yeah. Others, you know, Joe, less so. Okay. But <laughs> the reality is that none of us are worthy of the presence of God. This is the most astounding miracle in all of human history, that the presence of God, the Holy One, whose presence would kill anyone in the temple, unless the strictest rules were followed, this presence of God could now be placed in us, and we would not die, and we would have communion with God. This is the best news. This is the good news. And as I said last week, and as I've said many times, we tend as Christians to stop at the cross, We praise Jesus for his death. We honor him for his resurrection, what that means for us, because it is glory and it is the tipping point of history. But Pentecost is the culmination of Jesus' plan. Don't lose sight of that. Okay, this is the point. This is the purpose. That He is in us. We are the temples of God. His kingdom can explode. Okay. This is the point. So, the Spirit comes in Acts 2. And there's so much to say about this, okay? I'm not going to go into all the theology besides say one, I think, interesting point. Um, But I just want to, like I said, say what I believe the Lord is pulling us to. So first of all, a few little things. He obviously comes in three different things, okay? He comes as wind. Most theologians say that is a symbol of power, okay? It's a symbol of Holy Spirit's power that he is tangibly felt. Now, the second thing, That it comes like fire, because Luke uses the word like. Okay, it's not fire, but it's like fire. It's something like a tongue of fire. Okay, and the scripture is full of instances where the Father appears or Jesus appears in fire. Okay, so that fire is the symbol of God's presence. So we have power and we have presence. Okay, and the third thing that happens is we have the miracles of tongues. Okay, maybe the weirdest, maybe second weirdest gift of the Spirit is the first thing that the Holy Spirit does. Okay, and I'm not going to torture you with a Sermon on Tongues. We have lots of those online, as much as I enjoy doing it. Okay, now um, bear in mind, okay, um, for those who don't speak in tongues, it, it, again, not a similar in tongues, for those who don't, it is just kind of weird how the Lord can do something with you spiritually that affects you physically that you cannot speak a language that you didn't learn without using your mind. Okay, that's a summary of the weirdness of tongues. Okay? And if you want to know that tongues is cool, this should convince you, okay, because this is the Lord's first chosen sign through His people. Okay? And its purpose is to evangelize. Its purpose is to draw people into the kingdom of God. And that is such a glorious thing. Okay? But it's also, um, it is weird, um, <clears throat> that they not only have this ability to speak this language, but what Luke says is they, they, they declare the praises of God. That he doesn't just give them the language, that he, but he pours out in the very words. Because right, all these people are hearing languages, the, the, the different languages are hearing the same thing. They are praising God. There's this uniformity of the Spirit operating through them. That the Spirit is speaking one message through multiple voices. Okay, and that's just cool. That's just the Lord showing my Spirit is going to affect you physically. Okay? There's also the one theological point to make here. This is, you know, Craig Keener makes this point that this is the repudiation of the curse, the judgment, at the Tower of Babel. Okay? Where God separates people through language dividing, the Holy Spirit says, Now I will overcome division. You will be united regardless of where you come from. Okay? And that is cool. Okay? That is amazing. And that's actually the first indication because the disciples are a little bit slow. To, you know, first, Jesus already said this a few times, I guess, but first post Jesus instance where the disciples should have cottoned onto the fact that this was a bigger story than just the Jews. God was doing something bigger here. Okay? Now, again, to state the obvious, um, the Holy Spirit shows that He is physical, that He manifests, that you can feel Him. He's not an idea, okay? Now, um, we, we know um, Elijah, um, Elijah, Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, he encounters the Spirit of God, the presence of God is a quiet whisper, doesn't he? He's not in the fire, he's not in the wind, he's in this quiet whisper. God, more often than not when he speaks to me, and I think to most people, it's quiet, it's in the stillness, that's where God likes to find us. But God likes to be known, okay? He is tangible. The disciples were in no doubt that they had encountered God at Pentecost. Do we agree? Okay. <laughs> and don't be surprised. Part of what we're gonna do in this series is that we're gonna give time um, and maybe some of you are going to you know, have to leave, but we, we are going to give time just to try and encounter the presence of God, just to give him a few minutes to come and meet us and just see what he does. And you might feel nothing. You might hear a voice. You might feel peace. You might feel joy. You might feel a weightiness. The Holy Spirit can manifest in some strange and peculiar ways. Okay? Which is the other thing to point out about this passage, that people thought that the disciples were drunk. Okay? <laughs> just be aware that sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves, it's slightly uncomfortable. Okay? Now, at Kingdom Life, we've always tried to balance, because we've always had people coming to our church who have never experienced the things of the Spirit, so we don't want to freak people out the first time they're here. Okay? But the reality is that I have no desire to control the Spirit of God. Okay? So if he chooses to do something silly, we'll, you know, not silly, because nothing he does is silly, sorry, Lord. Um, you know, if he chooses to do something that we find weird, then... You know, we deal with it. But he was, he was odd enough in this instance that people thought the disciples were drunk. Okay. He doesn't always move according to what makes us comfortable. Just bear that in mind, okay, as we go through this series. And then we, 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 we're going to see, as, 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 Peter, um, as Peter preaches, that the effect of the Holy Spirit is to draw people into repentance. And again, um, this is a this is a tangible thing. I, I, I don't know. if, I think this will make sense, but um, we see this so often. We are moves of God. I hear stories still coming out of places like Mozambique today, where we see this happen. But some of my some of my favorite stories come out of the the Welsh revival. You know, over hundred years ago, where these revivalists they would walk into a factory. And the Holy Spirit, as they would come in the door, the Holy Spirit would would just move through the entire factory floor and people would just start dropping all over the place, repenting of their sins. Because the presence of the Lord had hit them and their response was repentance. He is tangible. He is real. And And as I said last week, as we read these stories, as we see what the Spirit does, Okay, we can put this book aside and say, Wow, cool stories, Lord. Or we can say, Lord, show me. This is, if this is your nature, I want to know it. Show me more. Take me deeper. All right, let's finish reading Acts 2 before I run out of time here. All right, so Peter's sermon. His friends were accused of being drunk. (laughs) But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. (laughs) Sorry. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence." Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Man, that is such awesome scripture. Oh, so, a few points. <laughs> okay. Um, Luke tells us that the people were in awe, okay? The power of the Spirit that flowed. But the first thing to note, okay, especially for those of us who go to good Christian universities and communities, we may may be surrounded by people who believe um, that the disciples are surrounded by men who, who know the Torah, who are supposed to know the ways of God have been brought up in the ways of God, just like the disciples. And note the first thing that they say is that um, they're drunk, okay, as I said. It's a a complete dismissal. And it will quite often happen that the Holy Spirit will move, and the Holy Spirit might even move in power and do something dramatic, and you will find people who will just dismiss. That there is a hardness of heart that we can have that can cause us just to be blind and to shut him out. Luke also says, after Peter's sermon, he says, those who gladly received. And we know that thousands were added, but the way that he he makes that phrase, obviously, is that there were a lot of people who didn't believe. Like the crowd splits. Okay, people who understood the Torah, people who were there for one of the three major festivals of the Jewish calendar, could see the outpouring of the Spirit of God The very thing that Jesus said, kings longed to see. And they could be in its midst and they could walk away. There is something amazing about our God that even in this display of his glory and his presence, that he gives us the choice to say yes or no. And there's something absurdly hard about the human heart and our rebellion that we can be in the presence of God and not know. And that, that, has to, that has to cause us to have some humility and a little bit of fear at the possibility of our own stupidity. Not you guys. You guys are amazing, obviously. Okay, stop looking so depressed. Other people, okay. So... <laughs> We really need to be aware. I, you know I, yeah, I'm sure you guys have experienced like, you, you can be in a room, you can like be in a small prayer room, and the Holy Spirit can just smack someone and they can burst out speaking in tongues or do something, like the Holy Spirit is physically there, and the, next, the person next to him is like "Why am I here?" You know, and I don't know why the Lord does that, but I, I also don't understand how it is that we can be so, you know, just out of tune. So let's have, let's have humility, okay, as we go through Acts. Let this be a warning to us. Um, I know I said quarter past. I've got like three minutes, okay. It might be 17 minutes past. I can do that, okay. Second thing, Peter points to Jesus. And what he says about Jesus is that Jesus was a man of miracles, of signs and wonders that attested to his being the Son of God. Attested to God's favor and God's life and His power in Him, and we see just this little line in, in Acts two that signs and wonders flowed out of the early church. In Acts three, we're going to look at the first miracle where we actually like we know what a, what the miracle was. Now here we don't know, but we do know that signs and wonders occurred that were enough to create awe, a reverent fear of the Lord. Okay, when the Holy Spirit moves, we should expect signs and wonders. We should expect the manifest manifest presence of God. Okay, and that again, that is a cool thing. We might wonder about tongues. We might marvel at a lot of the stuff we're reading here. You know, one of the things that really strikes me in this passage is that at the very end when it says that they ate their food with gladness and simplicity. Can you imagine how much Luke could have written about the growth of the early church? And he talked about the fact that they could sit and eat with gladness and simplicity. And we're going to see this come out later, okay? But to me, this just speaks of the peace of the Holy Spirit. The fact that when he is moving, we can be at peace with the most simple and basic things and there is a reverence and an awe and and an abundance We're not trying to control everything. We're not trying to be in charge of everything. We're not trying to determine God's whatever. When he is presence, joy, gladness, simplicity, these things flow. And I'll speak more about peace in the next few weeks. Okay, last few things. Bear in mind as we read Acts 2. the disciples were just doing what Jesus asked them to do, okay? They waited in Jerusalem, and they prayed. I'm sure they did a lot of other things, okay? But the one thing Jesus asked them to do, they did. And I'm not asking us to, you know, strive and go, you know, after God's presence. But there are many times where Jesus says, you know, persevere, pray, ask, and he will give. But the model that the disciples give to us is pretty simple. Come together, pray. Pray. And we do that when we come together in worship. Um, We do that Monday, Wednesday mornings. I know know it's early people. It might just be two or three people here. But it's amazing. Friday afternoons with dawn. It's amazing to just be with your brothers and sisters and just be in the presence of God. The first time I came to one when it was horribly early at five o'clock in the morning, I got your lead like I always did. And I sat down and I said, Lord, I'm tired and he said, I'm so glad you came. And for the next five minutes, he just filled me with his presence, and I couldn't move off my chair. I was like, okay, I think I'll come again. You know? Um, it was just so beautiful and generous. So if you wake up early, it's like, well, what should I do? Why, well, hey, Kingdom Last God Prayer, 6 o'clock, Friday afternoon. Grab a flag, come and dance, be wild. You don't have to behave. There's hardly anyone here, okay? The last thing to say, and this is the most important, okay? And then you guys can run off to church, even though you're at church, okay? Um, this gift is for everyone, all right? And I'm not gonna go into theology of this because theologians argue and disagree, and take a class with Dr. Heath or Dr. McGee, if you're at Taylor, I'm not sure who teaches them, at Iwe. okay? But Jesus promises the gift of his spirit for all people, okay, in his great priestly prayer. Peter quotes Joel, who says that the Lord says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Okay, And Peter says, this is for you and your families and all who believe. Okay, Just in those few verses, three times, where it's very clear, the Lord's saying, this is for everyone. Okay, You don't have to have an education. In fact, let's be honest, this is a matter of kings, But who does God decide to send his spirit onto? The uneducated, the fishermen, the tax collectors, the rejects. Okay? This is his way of doing things. So not only is everyone allowed, he chooses those we least expect. The things that we're going to read in this book, they are for everyone. And like Matt said, we have prayer teams up here who want to pray, okay? And, and this is one of the most important things that you will ever pray in your life. If at any time in any of the sermons up here or at any time that you're reading this book and you have even an inkling that I am not deserving, okay, then I encourage you in the strongest possible terms to come and get prayer because that line needs to get broken, okay? Don't live with it. It's not Jesus. Okay. Will you, Will you? should we stand? Do you, we're going to have worship now, aren't we? And then, yeah, okay. So worship team, can you guys come up? Um, and let's stand, and then I'm going to pray, and then you guys have to leave, can run, run away. Okay. Um, if you do leave, thank you so much for being here. It's great having you guys back. God bless you as you go back into the classroom. God bless me as I go back in the classroom. Um, <laughs> especially, okay, <laughs> let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we love you. You sent your spirit and you told us that he is a spirit of truth and that he will reveal you and he is you in us and he is good. So we ask Lord, I ask for your sons and daughters that are here tonight, Lord, this week, will you meet them? Will you reveal, Holy Spirit, will you reveal something about our Savior to them? Will you you speak? Will you give dreams? Will you give visions? As was prophesied by Peter, as was prophesied by Joel. Lord, will you show us that you are alive, that you manifest, that you... (laughs) You're the living God and you love us. We thank you, Jesus, that your death made this possible. That this was your gift to us, your spirit. We praise you for this gift we don't deserve. But Lord, we grab hold of it and we say thank you. We ask the Holy Spirit to come. And we say have your way. Have your way, Lord. You are God. Have your way. We love you, Jesus. Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. Amen.